Okay, this week is Pasha's Pinchas. We all know the story that there was an event of unusual defiance. That's, I guess, the way we do word it. That was orchestrated by Bilam. This guy, Bilam, lost his pants. Finished. He failed terribly, miserably at cursing the Jews. So before he leaves, he tells Bullock two things. First, I'm going to give you advice. And then let me give you some good news and bad news. The good news and the bad news that he gives him is the Jews are once going to conquer Moab. But it's not going to happen soon. It's going to take a long time. That the whole last prophecy, which is really where Bilam speaks about Mashiach and about David Amelech, is saying, Oh yeah, the Jews are going to rule the world. But don't worry, it's not happening soon. So enjoy your moment in the sun. It's not going to happen in your lifetime or in your children's lifetime or in your grandchildren's lifetime. And in terms of the advice, he says, Hashem hates immorality, perverseness. So get them to sin. Moreover, if you get them to sin, you get them also to worship idols. So the Benoist Midian, the Benoist Moyev, including princesses, started to get Yidin to do Aver Zachman al-Islam. Depending on which Mepharshim you read, it seems like they, they zeroed in and shaved Shimon and they scored a home run. They were very successful. And here you had a situation of Jewish people openly behaving in a really, really, really disgusting way, worshipping idols. And uh, Moshe is trying to do something about it. Moshe says to the leadership, get yourself together, catch these guys, and kill them. And instead of the people involved reaction being, oh boy, let's stop this. Let's end this immorality. Let's, let's you know, let's regain our, our equilibrium, they, they react with even more defiance. They're going to they're gonna shove the disrespect, they're going to shove them around in Moshe Rabbeinu's face, and he's going to take it. And they go to Zimri, who is one of the leaders of Shevet Shimon, they say, look, your brothers are being slaughtered, they're standing on the side. So Zimri approaches Moshe Rabbeinu with a Midyonis, with a shiksa. And he says to him, Zu, She's permitted for me or prohibited for me. So Moshe says, Asura. She says, really? So who permitted you to marry Midianite? In other words, the chutzpah, you're talking about Moshe Ben when his 40th year. The chutzpah, the arrogance there, it wasn't only that they were having, it was, it was an event of remarkable disrespect and lawlessness. It was just a breakdown of everything that Jewish civilization stood for. The disrespect the, to, to, to speak to Moshe that way to his face. And the it was just, Moshe was at a loss. And this immorality is all around them. This unheading are trying to kill people and the people are just doing their thing. Pinchas decides time to act. He runs over to Meshach Rabbeinu and he says, I know that if a person, a Jew, lives with a shiksa, there's no uh, death sentence in a bezin. But there's that zealots can kill him. And as the Mepharshim say, that even though it's, it's not a sin, but it's worse than a sin because the Jews are fundamentally separated from the nations. And when this separation is breached, 
it's a it's a sign in a way of viewing yourself as not part of this group. So Moshe says to him, you're right, but since you remembered, you go and do it. So he picks up a spear, and he puts it through the two of them, him and her. And the Gemara says a whole bunch of miracles that occurred that day, in the Tagim Enes of Benazil, the end of Pashas. Balak enumerates the ten miracles that occurred. The bottom line is that this was, from Pinchas' perspective, an act of suicide. I don't think for one moment Pinchas thought he would survive it. You need to understand the chaos. You need to understand the lawlessness. You need to understand the, the degree of disrespect that had taken over the Jewish world at that particular moment. And Pinchas goes straight into the heart of it and he rips the heart out. Here you have thousands of people who are just, you know, just imagine a bunch of people who never drank alcohol in their life. Who all at once, just, 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 just you've got to control the, the scene was so hysterically um, beyond uh, control, beyond belief, beyond imagination. It was just absolute chaos. On a mass scale, you're talking about tens of thousands of people. Tens of thousands of people. Pinnacles goes straight to the heart and he kills the lynchpin. He kills the keystone. He cuts him down. And nothing happens to Pinchas. That was the greatest miracle of all. And he absolutely breaks the back. This one act just interrupts this, 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 uh, this lawlessness, this, this absolute breakdown of it. He kills it. He, just, he breaks it. The plague stops. The morality stops. It's like a wake-up call. It's like somebody went over to each one of these Shemanites and slapped them across the face. It stops. People stop dying. People stop sinning. And there's law. One act. Strategically placed. This is what Pinchas does. When you read the Pshut Mikra, you need to bear in mind that, again, I, it seems very reasonable to assume that Pinchas went on a suicide mission. He killed Zimri with no intention of surviving. He killed Zimri hoping to somehow rein in this absolute chaos that had taken over the Jewish world. And Achman Lathana could have brought about a collapse of the whole nation. And he succeeds. And he survives. And was Moshe's direction to do so? No. Moshe was at a loss. They're standing and crying. And Pinchas runs over to Moshe Rabbeinu and says, there's instructions. There's a way to react in this situation that you taught us. Moshe says, you're right, I forgot. But you know what? You go ahead and carry it out. So he does. By himself. Doesn't get together an army. Doesn't get together a posse, a, a group, a, a following. He, Again, it seems totally reasonable to assert that Pinchas did not expect to survive. He just hoped to somehow do something to this, to this, to this madness. I mean, halakhically, you see a person living with a shiksa, you have to kill him in the act. It's the din. This is the halakh. And he was successful. So our passion begins with Vayedabar Avayel, Moshe, God Almighty speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu. Laimer. The word Laimed here is a little bit strange because Laimed normally means to repeat. To whom is Moshe Rabbeinu going to repeat this? Because if you look in Pasuk Yud Beis, which is on page 3 of your paragraph, you have again, Lochein Emoir, therefore speak to the Jewish people and tell them, So this Laimed is going arguably only on Pasuk Yud Aleph. Hashem is telling something to Moshe Rabbeinu, which is for Moshe Rabbeinu's own ears, it's not meant for public consumption, so the word layman is already a curiosity. 
Hashem says measure in a layman. Whether lay, let's say just give it the conventional translation. Layman means he should repeat. And he tells him as follows: Pinchas ben Alazer ben Aaron Akein. Pinchas the son of Alazer, the son of Aaron the priest. Heishiv has brought back, has settled, as Hamasi my anger. Meal ben Yisrael from the Jewish people. Bekanoi es kinasi besaycham, because he. He was jealous on behalf of my jealousy in the Jewish people. In other words, he did what I would have done. But Kanye especially means had he not demonstrated this kin and this jealousy, I would have had to do it. And because he did it on my behalf, therefore the benefit was that I did not wipe out the Jewish nation in my own jealousy. Indicating that had Pinchas not done it and Hashem would have done it, the outcome would have been much more severe. This is what the Pasik says. And as is our tradition, we read the different Mafash. We're really going to focus on the words, B'kanei Eskenasi. B'kanei Eskenasi, he was jealous for me. He, he, he was zealous on the behalf of my jealousy. He jealous instead of me, if you will. But let's read both Rashi's, although our priority is the second Rashi. Pinchas ben Allah ben Aaron, Pinchas the son of Allah, the son of Aaron, the priest, says Rashi, Lefisha ha'yeshvatim avazim ha'yeshvatim. The tribes kept on shaming Pinchas. Harisam, did you see? Ben Puti the son of this Puti. Puti means someone who stuffs. His grandfather, his mother's father, was stuffing animals for idolatry. And he murdered a prince of the tribes of Israel. Therefore, the Tater comes along and corrects it by saying, and it says that the genealogy of Pinchas is traceable not to Yisrael, who was his, great, his maternal grandfather. Elazar ben Aaron Akoyen was married to Yisrael's daughter, Benes Putil. Um, but after Aaron. Okay, so this is what the first Ashi says. The Jewish people were making fun of him. Here he is, a lowly creation with poor Yichas. He has very, very uh, questionable roots himself. And he kills the leader of the Jewish people. The says, no, 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 he doesn't have questionable roots. He's the son of Aaron Akoyen. Now on the back of the stack, I printed the Rebbe Sicha. On the back of the stack, I printed the Rebbe Sicha. The Rebbe has numerous questions. Okay, but if I can bother you to turn to page 24, let's at least taste the Rebbe Sicha. That's not, we're not going to know the whole Sicha. The Sicha is rather involved. And gather this week is quite a, a, a beautiful Hasidish Ashtikala. But page 24, at the right side of the page. The page is a real number. Yeah, on the right side of the page by the base. The Rebbe has tons of questions. And the Rebbe says like this, is there beer in them? As the mitzvahs di shvatim haben bevazig even pinchas. When the Jewish people shame pinchas, seine zegeven oisen, their intent was to einstellen sich, to stand up, faren kovet von alle andere jeden, for the honor of all the Jewish people, um faren kovet von Meishar Abbeinu, the honor of Meishar Abbeinu. When you read Rashi, you get the impression that they were the, the people of Shimon, who were themselves involved in this filth, this immorality, and they were displeased by Elazar, by Pinchas, who interrupted it all and killed one of their leaders. So they say, hey, who do you think you are? You yourself are a lowlife, Ben lowlife, Ben Benesha lowlife. How do you come to kill a Nasri of Yisrael? Says the Rebbe, no, that's not what the story was. They got pious on Pinchas. Listen to this. Zimri brought this Midyanus, this Shiksa. The eyes of Meishar Rabbeinu, the eyes of the Jewish people. 
and amongst all the Jews, is Blaiz Pinchas given that ain't sick. Pinchas was the only one, was that Makari given Kinesavaya, who was jealous on behalf of the Abishter. Right? Skip the bracket. It says, What a dishonor to the Jewish people. And the honor of Meshach Rabbein. Heh! Meshach is quiet. What are you picking up spears for? The Jewish leadership are quiet. Where'd you get so holy? If they don't think this offense warrants the reaction that you gave it, who are you to react? And Pinchas didn't ask no questions, didn't create any movement. He acted as a, as a, as a vigilante, as a sole operator. When Das is given the Siba, was the Shvatim of Bavasa this was the reason that the Jewish tribes embarrassed Pinchas. His killing Zimri is as by Im Gekum and Nit Eis Schlislach, Mach Maskinas Hashem. He didn't do it because he was trying to take on God's cause. Not in them is given. It was another motivation for why he did it. Okay. His grandfather was fattening animals for idol worship. And the fact was that people who do this for a living, uh, to fatten animals this way by stuffing a pipe in their throat, you know what they would do? They, they would stuff a pipe in their throat and you would push it, force feed them. Mefatem to zayin an eagle, to fatten up a calf mit an oiz diklech and seal, with the express purpose bechtei to shechter him the nacht to murder him later to kill it later licked in them and achzori is gedel lebeyesa. It's very cruel. And there's halachas about avos. There's all kinds of halachas about you allowed to do it or not. People do it for chickens. People do it for animals. And it's halachas that you can make them treif. But this was the way. This way the Rebbe reads it. Pinchas goes ahead and murders Zimri, and the Jewish people say, "Who are you?" I mean, who am I? There's a, there's a catastrophe. There is a, a Yankov. You have to act. He says, not Eina. They went to Moshe Rabbeinu. If Moshe Rabbeinu is silent, you be quiet. Ah, we know why. We know why. You have bloodlust. Where did your bloodlust come from? You inherited it. Your grandfather used to do this act of cruelty to stuff animals for pagan worship. You've inherited those meters and rice, and you, you have no trouble killing people. This is the way it was politicized. This is, the, this is the way the Rebbe interprets it. It's a very interesting, it has a tremendous human element to it. They said, Pinchas? Whether Zimri had to die or not is a different question. You didn't do it because you're pious. You did it because you had a chance to kill somebody and get honor for it. That's all. And you like to kill. It, it, it's a Yerusha. And the Rebbe has a long ariches, which we're not going to learn with you, in which he argues that Zimri was a man of kindness. Zimri was a Jewish leader. And as such, he was extremely devoted to the people of his Shevet, and he was concerned with them. And in fact, Zimri was not even involved in the immorality. He wasn't involved. The people came to him and he said, how could you sit idly while they're killing our brothers? Zimri's entire engagement in this immorality was to defend his tribe members. They came to him and he said, lead us. We, we, we've sunk into this immorality. Moshe Rabbeinu was encouraging the judges to kill us after whatever, some kind of a process of proceedings. Stick up for us. So Zimri engages, gets involved. On his part, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, uh, a profound act of kindness and generosity, and a supreme act of kindness and generosity. And then this low life, the descendant of a bloodsucker, goes ahead and kills him. So they painted it into a position, into a model, into a scheme where Zimri was this sweet, nice guy who was moisa nefesh for his people, and Pinchas was bloodlust. So Abishah says, "Benar and Akoyin." His personality, his character, 
His yichah has become some adon. And if you can go to page 25, you'll see what the Rebbe says. Where I made the arrow. Then what the Rebbe again for Hashem says, Pinchas ben Olazer ben Aden Akoyin. Adikanos for Pinchas, the jealousness and the zealousness of Pinchas. Nemzech nitterfun. It's not rooted in what says Ben Puti, that he's, he's descendant of people who are cruel to animals. This zealotry, this this, ju- this this jealousy came from his descendancy from Aaron. Because he has Aaron's character, namely, he pursues peace. He creates love between combatants, when people don't get along. This is why he was aroused to kill Zimri. To mach and shalom to create peace. So they were trying to paint him into this bully, into this bloodlust person. And the Abisha says, "No, but not an It's all a part of his tendency to be kind and to have chesed and so forth and so on." Right, this is the idea. Okay, and that's enough. I mean, the sicha obviously goes on. Hopefully, if the clock will go slow enough, we'll get back to the sicha. But this is what the Rebbe says. Pinchas acts alone. He acts with arguably limited authority, limited reputation, limited respect. And the Jewish people say, how does this cruel guy go out to kill this wonderful and kind leader? And the Ebesha says, no, 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 no. The leader is not kind. Pinchas is kind. This is the Rebbe's reading of Rashi. Next Rashi. Because he was jealous, my jealousy. Translates Rashi, because he avenged my vengeance. You see, bekanoi means to be jealous. Benikmai means to take avenge, vengeance. What's the difference between being jealous and being vengeful? Jealous is an emotion. Vengeance is an act. So the Tater describes Pinchas as being jealous. So Rashi says the meaning of the word jealousy here means that he was vengeful. Other Mephashim disagree with this Rashi. That you'll see later on, hopefully. But that Rashi says he means he was jealous. Because he got angry. An anger for I should have gotten angry. And by the virtue of the fact that he got angry and I didn't need to get angry, he saved the lives of many Jewish people. Colossian kin, any term kin who someone who's competing. Linkoim nikmas tovar to avenge anything. That's what the word nikoma means. I have two questions. So Rashi says that kinna and nekama, jealousy and vengeance, are, are essentially the same thing. I'm sorry? I got two quick questions. Please. Uh, Zimri, when Zimri approaches Moshe says, how come you could marry a Midianite and we can't? Mm-hmm. And what was his response? He didn't say a word. And, and how do we... How do we uh, uh, these, these the format and teira. Bepashtas. I mean, I know you're saying there's a whole big chaos, but uh, there was some... There was some uh, what, how do you say precedent for this? Precedent. The title was given forty years before. Uh-huh. Your only precedent could be from when the title was given, and there is no precedent for such a thing. And remember, they weren't only living with these women; they were worshiping the poet. The uh-huh. women would bring them into a position where they gave them a choice, okay. and they were dachman sabi evda And the other thing is, I read, I read that the, this was something of a supernatural act that Zimri took, that uh, that Pinchas took. The Gemara says. Okay. But the supernatural act was not his, it was God's. He did what he did. He risked his life. He lived life and limb. 
he saw something has to get done, he was going to do it, he did not think about consequence at all. The Ebishter made 10 nisim for him. Yenizim Benazil, which is the oldest sefer really, after the Tanakh, is the Yenizim Benazil, written time in the second base of Mikdash, enumerates the 10 miracles in the end of last week's Pash. So I guess my question quickly is that, generally speaking, capital punishment requires a base din. But it didn't require for pickles because this was a supernatural act. That's not the pshat. That's, that's, that's incorrect. Not. No, no, so no. Explain. There are a number of instances in Teda uh-huh. where Teda says that certain crimes are not punishable. You cannot try a person with these crimes, but a vigilante could kill them. What's the other? A kayin who does certain things wrong in the base of mikdash, they would do that to him. His matame, whatever it was. A mussar is, a, is, a, is, a, is not a, it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. The point is that, you see, there are sins and then there are disrespect. Sometimes disrespect is worse than a sin. You know, in other words, it, it's a sin plus. Sometimes disrespect is only disrespect. Habayal al is living with a shiks is not a sin. It's a slap in the face. If a person, God forbid, has a relationship with a woman he's not allowed a relationship with, he can be chayv kodesh, he can be chayv misa, he can get killed in a court of law. There's no punishment for this act. None. But it's a defiance of the board between Yidna and Goyim. So though it's not a sin, and there's no punishment for it, it's a chutzpah. It's a chutzpah. It's making a mockery of the Jewish people. And the Chazal, the Chazal say that it's halacha, that vigilantes act. You can't go out and kill people because you decided to. But this is one of those rare cases. And Pinchas goes ahead and does it. And his impact is unbelievable. The effectiveness of this single act is remarkable. It just changes what's going on in the Jewish camp. Okay? Evan Ezra, which is on page 2. Okay, he doesn't say very much, but I want to read you inside. He says, "Bekanoi kal hanun lahakel aloshin." I don't know diktok, so I'm going to try and figure it out. Maybe if he's observing why it says "bekanoi" but not "benikmoi," but I don't know. Vatam. The idea is as follows: Kihu kine kikene. He was jealous of the Abish. That was jealous. The kosov alashem. Page two. This is Ebenezer, right there. Because of Hashem regarding the Abish, it's written, Kael Kana, Hashem is a vengeful God, is a jealous God. for idol worship. It says in Chazal that most times Hashem is not jealous, Hashem is forgiving. The one instance where Hashem is jealous and non-forgiving when it comes to Avedazara. Velulehu Shekina. If not for the fact that Pinchas took it upon himself to be jealous on behalf of God, Hashem would have needed to be jealous because of the idolatrous aspect to this, not the immoral aspect, but the pagan aspect of it. And Ayisi Machala call Yisrael. Hashem said, I wiped out every single last Jew, because of my jealousy. So Pinchas saves the Jewish nation by being jealous and sparing me the need to become jealous myself. Agat Ebenezer says, Ramban, which is right opposite the Ebenezer on page 2. No, same page. Right there. Hashem is informing Meisha Rabbeinu, Asher Kine Lepinchas, he's going to give great reward to Pinchas for his jealousy he was jealous on behalf of God for the righteousness that he did him Yisrael for the Jewish people to atone for them didn't all die in the plague and if not for Pinchas act of zealotry they would have all died in the plague and Hashem says to Mesha 
What's the pshat lemer? Sheidiel Yisrael should inform the Jewish people. Shahu kein gadol yelam. He's a high priest forever. Okay, v'zeh tam, which is why it says in the some subsequent pasuk, lochein amir. Therefore, you should speak sheyagid zeh biyisrael. He should announce this amongst the Jewish people. That's what. We don't know what that layman means. He tells him, this nephew of yours, Pinchas, this great nephew, Pinchas ben Laza ben Arkein, was jealous so that I didn't need to be jealous. And he saved the Jewish people. I want the Jews to know about it. I want Yidin to know that he saved their lives and therefore I'm giving him Shal, making him into a koya. So now, Remember, one of the nuances that we're mentioning tangentially is the Lamed and Lachena Mer. There's a redundancy here. Right? I told it to you a moment before. In Pasuk, it says, means to repeat. And then he speaks to him how he favors Pinchas. And in Pasuk Yud he says, Lachena Mer, therefore tell the Jewish people. The question is, the first, shouldn't say Lamed. Hashem is telling to Moshe Rabbeinu, he's not telling him to repeat Pinchas' genealogy to the Jews. Pinchas favoritism and righteousness to the Jews he's simply telling them that they're going to be Kayanim so the way you understand this Ramban is to say as follows Hashem says to Moshe I want you to tell him two things tell him first of all he saved their lives and tell him second of all I'm making him to Kayan forever so that's why there's two statements and then it says tell them that Pinchas saved their lives and tell them this is going to be his reward and you'll see in other Mepharshim more details about this. In fact, one of the Mepharshim actually observes how it says, Vayadabar Hashem Omeshe. Why doesn't it say Vayemer Hashem Omeshe? Vayadabar is a severe term. Vayemer is a softer term. Hashem is speaking to Meshach Rabbeinu and giving him, in fact, what amounts to a favorable message. It's say Vayemer Hashem Omeshe. Amen. And the Mepharshim talk about it. Pinchas' son becomes a coin too? Sure. Yeah. For well, posterity. The way it worked was that Kohan, Kohuna is a, it's a patrilineal line. And it's, 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 it's given over from father to son. Adam was a Kayan. His children were Kayan. Pinchas was one of Adam's grandchildren. But he was born in Egypt. And the law of any person born to a priest as a priest only works from when the time the Abishtag made the priests. So he was excluded from the priesthood because he was too old. He was born in Egypt. What does that have to do with it, the fact that he was born? Because Hashem made five priests personally. Aaron, another of Azar Nisaman, and their children. Pinchas was born already. And their children means those who are going to be born consequent uh-huh. after this. Okay. So 40 years later, when he does this unbelievable act of martyrdom in, 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 in Kina and Nekama, the Abishu gives him elevation to the Madriga of priesthood. Did he have son sons at the time? Who? Pinchas. I don't know. But his children were Kainim Gedalim for a long time. Pinchas' children were Kainim Gedalim until the time of Eli. Eli Akainim was from Pinchas. And then they forfeited it. Because Eli behaved inappropriate, and they gave it to Isamar. It didn't take very long to go back to Pinchas's family. Most of the Kayanim Gedelim, historically, I saw, in the, he says, that he had 18 Kayanim Gedelim in the first base of Mikdash, and 80 Kayanim Gedelim in the second base of Mikdash, all from Pinchas. What's next? Sipono. Sipono was the bottom of page two. But Kane as Kinosi he was jealous on my behalf. Says the Sipor Nusha also Nikmasi, he did my vengeance. Page two. Page two. Right yeah. Sha also Nikmasi, he did my jealousy, Laene Kulam in the eyes of all of them. Kede Shabiroisamze, when they'll see this, 
they're not going to object. They will be atoned for not objecting to the sins of the Peshim in these in the sinners. Ubazeh says this point, and this is the reason that Heishev is Hamasim Aleim removed their, his anger. This is like a valdik echidish, is the point of this. He said like this the Jewish people are watching the immorality go on, and they don't do anything. They should be punished for that. The crime of Klal Yisrael was not one of immorality, the crime of Klal Yisrael was passivity, inaction. When Pinchas kills Zimri, he removes the onus, he removes the criticism of Klai Yisrael. How come you aren't acting? How come you aren't speaking up? How come you aren't protesting? And so forth and so on. So, the Jewish people were saved by Pinchas. How? Because Pinchas kills Zimri in public. And no one said a word. No one saying a word for the murder of Zimri was their way of atoning for no one having said a word for the sin of Shevet Shimon. So it wasn't only that Pinchas killed Zimri. He killed him publicly and he gave Klal Yisrael an opportunity to correct what they hadn't done originally now. And therefore the the Pasuk says he was jealous amongst the Jewish people and this saved the Jewish people. And therefore, you have to give Pinchas Akun. And I would, I would suppose that you have to say the same thing again. The two, the layman and the lachayin would be the same thing. The first one is to teach Yidin what Meshav did on their behalf, and the second thing is to elevate Pinchas Mazarakein to a level of of a Okay, this is the sipon. Now we go to the tour. The tour is on page nine. <laughs> and the Tur says <coughs> something very similar to what the Rashi says, the way the Rebbe explains it in the Sikh, I don't know identical. What's the issue? Pinchas kills Zimri. I don't understand. What's the complexity? Is it right or is it wrong? That's all. Is it right to kill Zimri or wrong to kill Zimri? Make up your mind. If it's right, if it's wrong, why did he do it? And if it's right, why didn't anybody else do it? This is the Taz's analysis of Rashi's analysis. And the Taz comes up with a very interesting explanation. It's a very long Taz. This is, the Taz Pinchas Chumash is rather elaborate. He says, there are instances where people do sins, which is no punishment. That's it. This wasn't that. Because had that been the case, Allah wouldn't have killed him. There are sins, which is a punishment in a court of law. You go to a Sanhedrin, you have witnesses, you have the trial, and you get punished, and you get... The the punishment is carried out. (coughs) Then you have sins where you can't punish the person. On the other hand, the person is not innocent, is not, not guilty. Certain people can punish them. And he brings three rules. And under, I circle them near the end. God Ladoir, Miyuchas, and Memuna Ladan Alpianos. What's that in English? The leader of the generation, who comes from a good stock, a great genealogy, and he was appointed to judge based on the leadership of the prince. So what happens is Pinchas goes ahead and kills Zimri. What's the Jewish people's reaction? He's a God Ladar, he's a leader. He's a Miyuchas, he has a good genealogy, he's Yisrael's grandson. He's the moon of Allah, he's employed to do this. 
You understand? None of them. I'm sorry? None of them. So Pinchas doesn't have any of these criteria. So the Abish that says, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron I say, he is a God Ladar. I say, he is a Meyuchas. And I say, he is a Mumun Aladar. In other words, the Taz is saying that Rashi's issue is, if Hashem, if Tayyid requires him, he should be killed, someone else should have killed him. If Tayyid requires him, should be killed, why did Pinchas kill him? And the answer is because he needed a special kind of person to kill him. And Pinchas met those criteria. What were those criteria? The God the leader of the generation, with a good genealogy, a good bloodline. What are you saying? That person could kill as a One vigilante. That's right. In other words, another person could not have done what Pinchas did. And that's why they so did not. This person could. That's right. And because it's not a sin, but it's a special category of... It's a chutzpah. It's a chutzpah. And is so a chutzpah better or worse than a sin? A leader of a generation could do it. And who else? If you have these three criteria, that one... Have all three. It seems that way to me. He brings different places in the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, three of them or one of them? I think it means all three. What is the other two? That he comes from good genealogy and that he was appointed to be a judge. This fact. He was certainly a great leader. He was Pinchas Lazar. Everybody knew who he was. He was known as a judge. The Adrabah to the country, he is very, very favored in terms of his genealogy. Pinchas. He's he's a descent of Aranakain. He deserves for this kind of a judgment. And when, the, when they, those Chazalus say that he had no permission to judge Jewish people, the Gemara says, He was jealous on my behalf, he did my mission. That's what he did, but it is correct. In other words, the Taz holds Take like the questioners. That this could not have been a conventional capital case. It could not have been a case for which there's no punishment at all. It has to be something in the middle. And this is the story. Pinchas acted in a case where even if his action was correct, it was important whether he was qualified to do that act. And the Abishah says, absolutely he was. Okay? This is the task. So the task really is a different commentary than the Rebbe Sikha. The Rebbe said that they looked at Pinchas as being a jealous person. And the Rebbe says, no, they weren't jealous. Right? They just said, who is he to do this? Only certain kind of people are permitted to do this. And the Abishah comes along and he says, he's worth it. Let's go back to our original question. To repeat the Klal Yisrael. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron ha-Kayin Heishev as And then the next passage says, L'chein ne'embel ben Yisrael ne'ezim b'si Shalom. What's the Pshat? Hashem tells Moshe, tell him two things. Tell him that he's a Nasi Adar. Tell him that he has good genealogy. And tell him that he's a judge. And then tell them a separate issue that he'll be given the gift of Kuhn. So by Dabar Hashem Amashah, Hashem says Amashah, lay me to repeat. To repeat what? To repeat his favoritism for Pinchas. That's all. Lachayin Amay means different, they have to behave a certain way. Yeah? Show you. The Jewish people are angry because Pinchas killed a leader. Right? And. Um, they're viewing Zimri as this great hero and Pinchas as this unidentified, unknown, outsider villain. Hashem says, no, you got it all wrong. 
He's the insider. Zimri is the outsider. Ainli Yisrael Hosseini al He shouldn't hate him so much for murdering Zimri. Kitayi v'gadayla Oselam. He did them a great favor because Sheheshev Eschamasi, he removed my anger from them. And my anger is worse than his. V'laychilisi. And I did them by the Jewish people out. V'im yisna'uhu. And if they're going to hate him, Eim b'kach klum. It's not going to mean anything. I'm not sure what the Tesis means with these few words. Let's just leave the Tesis alone. So the Tesis also says something which I've repeatedly stated, that the Eibishter is congratulating Pinchas through Moshe Rabbeinu for, for saving Klal Yisrael. Next. The next is Eit Adas Teif. We haven't learned Eit Adas Teif in a while. It's on pages 10 and 11. And there's quite a few different interpretations that Eit Adas Teif gives. <coughs> okay? Okay, us and there's a number of different points. So listen to the this, the the, the, the Rabbeinu Chaim Vital. Rabbeinu Chaim Vital has one pasuk to kasha. Pinchas is the only hero in the world. You read the Chumash. He's, he's the first man to do something sacrificial. He's the first person to put his neck out for Yidin. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't do it. Aaron didn't do it. So the way he he. He splits up Taka. Remember, going back to the layman and the Lachena Moir, to the double Lush. What does that mean? Tell the Jews what? What? That Pinchas is a nice guy? That's none of the Jewish people's business. What the Jewish people need to know is Lachena Moir. Therefore, tell the Jewish people, I'm going to give them a covenant of peace. So why does it say twice layman? So the says there's two issues here the first issue is to enlighten what was unique about Pinchas act of martyrdom what separates it from martyrdom of Moshe Rabbeinu of Arna Koen and so forth and separately from that he's telling him to appoint him to the priesthood and later on on the next page there's, there's another there's another nuance which he adds which is also very interesting so Vahainian page 10 page 10 first yes Vahainian. It's it's the third line in. Ki chashash Hashem yisbarach. Hashem was afraid. Lebalyei memayshem. Moshe shouldn't protest. Manishtana pinchas. What makes him so special? Mikol bnei gilif from other people. And he goes into a whole long discussion how his grandfather Aaron had mesiras nefesh and Moshe be mesiras nefesh. What makes him so special? So on the second column, I made an arrow on top of an aleph. Right, right. The second column, I made an arrow on top of an aleph. Mm-hmm. Three lines before that, it says, Ach HaKavon. Rabbi Tuchi, we got the place, yes? Ach HaKavon. The idea is as follows. The first Pasek, God Almighty says to Meshach Rabbeinu, Shu Pinchas ben Elazer v'chuli. You should know this is a man named Pinchas ben Elazer. V'chol sipur v'dibur ashvach hazeh. All of these stories and words of praise that Hashem says in Pasuk Yud Aleph of the Pasha, the second Pasuk of the Pasha, Hayalei Malay, the intent was to tell him, Iker um, The priority was simply to tell him. Hashem says to Number one, I want to give you information. And number two, Vahashlichas. He also gives him a mission. And what's the mission? Which is a subsequent Pasuk. He says two separate issues. There's a Vaidabar Hashem on Moshe. Hashem speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu. 
to give him information about why Pinchas is so praiseworthy, and they in Lachain Emel Abnei Yisrael Ashlichas. There's two separate issues. What the layman is at the moment, he doesn't say at this particular juncture. And I suppose layman could mean that the praise should also be repeated to Klal Yisrael. So the Ravenu Bechay, I'm sorry, the Etzad goes ahead and enumerates four things, four things that set. Pinchas, apart from other Jewish leaders who have risked life and limb to save Klal Yisrael. Okay? He says first the praise. And it's as follows. Pinchas v'goyim. Yiritzim. You have the place? On the left side of your page is an arrow and an aleph. Yeah? So that's what I'm reading. Yiritzim. The underlined word is Yiritzim. Hini Aaron Zekeni Hoya. Aaron, his grandfather was. Umeilum lekina. Kinas adeshem beyadeo bekoichai. He did not ever be jealous for Hashem did he not use his position as priest to burn incense and self save a bunch of Jews after the story of, of Kairach scoot down four lines so Hashem says yes yes his grandfather Aaron also was jealous like his grandson was jealous Pinchas ben Pinchas his grandson is his Mesiris Nefesh was greater how was it greater Vahu. How did Pinchas cancel Hashem's anger? Didn't burn incense. He was jealous. He put on a garment of jealousy. He sacrificed his life. With 125,000 people in Shevet Shimon, I have no idea where he gets his number from. Hashem says, yes, there have been other Jews who've led Klal Yisrael and had Mesidus Nefesh, but never th- put their neck out and said, here, take me. Pinchas did that. Number two, Gam, Remes Pirasheni, Vamri There's another aspect to the unusual character of Pinchas Mesidus Nefesh, that it was in the midst of the Jewish people. Vahinyin. Kizulas Mesidus, Pinchas as Atzme, in addition to the fact that Pinchas sacrificed himself, Lemisa Atzumu Mukhreches Kanal, to die. A, a, what would have been a, a miserable death and a certain death and so forth for that alone he deserved a reward okay he deserves this reward but gam there's another factor also the nature of the sin that Pinchas was repairing was, was intolerable when I gave you the introduction to tonight's class I tried to give you a sense of the lawlessness and the chaos and the disrespect. I took it from here. You have to visualize the reality of it. Here's the nation of God, 40 years in the desert. They've been conditioned to be Jewish. And they're not just sinning. They're sinning in Moshe's face. The breakdown of respect, the breakdown of everything Kali Yisrael stood for was so complete, it's, 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 it's catastrophic. Right? The whole Jewish person, Jewish nation deserved annihilation. First of all, it was the sin of living with a shiksa. Which is a very severe punishment, which will be mentioned later. Like I told you before, it's not a sin in the, in the punishment sense. It's a sin in the chutzpah sense. But there was another aspect here. This was in public. V'nei, then we know what Yiddishkeit says about Parhesia, Yiddishkeit, 
If there is ten Jews and there's a situation of Mesiris Nefesh, because it's in public, uh, skip a little bit. How much more so? If it was sitting with a goya, and it was in public, it wasn't ten people. The whole Jewish world. the entire Jewish people. Not one of them. It was an awful sin in the most public and disrespectful way. No one says a word. Wasn't Zimri in his tent? Zimri came out to Meshach Rabbeinu and then he went into the tent. But first he came to Meshach Rabbeinu and laughed in his face. So Pilchas follows him. So you understand? Other people were outside? Yeah, I suppose. Uh-huh. So the second reason Pilchas is so favored, first of all, he's killing himself to save God's honor. Second of all, it was a public disgrace. And a public disgrace is the worst kind of Chil Hashem. The Allah is that a Chil Hashem is irreparable. You can't save, you can't correct a Chil Hashem except through Rahman Hassan through death. And Pincha saves the day by killing Zimri. Turn to page 11, just flip over your step. Number three, Gam. Remez Gedulas Maisov. There's another aspect to the greatness of what Pinchas did, and that is as follows. If a tzara is going to happen, Gimel. Gam remez, you see it? Ki hamagdim tefila letzara v'nimot. If a person, if a person prays in anticipation of a tzara, it means a tzara hasn't happened. What's a tzara? Tzara's trouble, problems. It hasn't yet occurred, but it may occur. Good evening, hello. Ene kol kachoshev, it's not that great an event. Because when the Torah was coming, he was saved. But in this case, it was different because the Torah had already started. The anger of Hashem, the wrath of Hashem had already been unleashed. We know as a rule, once the, the angel of destruction is given, permit, permit, once, he, once he's let loose, you can't stop him and you can't turn him off. Pinchas retrieves an anger that's already been unleashed, that already had manifest. This was an unusually effective act of jealousy and correction. You understand? This is a third reason Pinchas is singled out. And lastly, by the Dalit, it was a fourth advantage, Kish. Um, because I'll, I'll save, I'll tell it to you by heart. When Aaron stood up to save people by the story of the incidents with Kedach, they had rebelled against Kedach. Kedach, I'm sorry, against Aaron. Kedach's rebellion was against Aaron Akoyin, and they were claiming that they're interested in God's honor. Pinchas was fighting for God Himself. This Zimri, these Bnei Shimon, were not rebelling against Aaron Akoyin or even against Moshe. They were making fun of the Eibushter. So what? Pinchas expressed his jealousy towards was far more significant. So Pasik Yudalf of our Pasha. Pinchas, but the whole point of this Pasik, and Hashem says to Moshe, yes, there have been many jealous Jews. Many people have put themselves out to save Klai Yisrael. He's different. Pinchas ben Allah Zabanana Koyin. Pinchas ben Allah is different. Because first of all, he risked his life. How is it more against Hashem than Moshe? No, because it was. Hashem says, be moral. 
and the Jewish people are laughing in the Ebishter's face. Is it comparing it to Kleirach? Kleirach rebelled against Aharon. This is the rebellion against the Ebishter himself. All, I mean, it's all essentially, isn't it against Moshe? I mean, they come to Moshe each time. They right, but them. it was the mitzvahs of the Ebishter. Uh, you, you, your point is actually well taken. I mean, I don't have an adequate answer to your question. But honestly, but the Pashtas, it wasn't Moshe, it was the commandments that Moshe Rabbeinu gave over from the Ebishter. It seems like all the incidents in the Torah is like the Jewish people against Moshe, all the negative incidents. Right. Okay. Uh, I was just not. I was wondering about that before. Instead, I was just. Uh, let's leave it. I, I, let's let me answer you by saying I don't know. I mean, he says the fetish. It's, it, I circle the words. Never trade is but of Mamash is building against Eibushter himself. So pasuk Yudalaf of this parsha. is Hashem telling Moshe, Moshe, I want to explain to you why I'm making such a big tzimis at Pinchas. What he did, nobody did. And then Pasikid Bey says, Lachain Emil, Nayisrael, tell the Jewish people that I'm making him a Kayan. So there's two issues. First of all, the Shvach, the praise of Pinchas, and second of all, the Shlichas, the mission, they were going to make him into a Kayan. And I guess we would say, Tell the Jewish people the praise of Pinchas, and then Lachain Emil, Nayisrael, tell them the Shad that he's going to get. But in the next paragraph, he adds another Kvetch. And that is how come it says Vayedaber? Vayedaber is a lotion of Gavura. It should say Vayoymer Hashem HaMashal Leymer. You hear? Mm-hmm. See, you know what he says? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read it inside because of time, but he, he says Vayedaber Hashem HaMashal Hashem speaks critically to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why did Pinchas kill Zimri? You should have killed him. Hashem speaks critically to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why did it have to come down to Pinchas? You should have killed him. When the Jewish people came to you and they said, Bas you should have taken a spear and put it right through him. Where were you? Lamer. Now speak sweetly and softly and praise Pinchas. <laughs> and the Khaira Mirab Nayisral, issue number three, that difference is going to get the Kahun. If Rav Chaim Vital wouldn't say this, we would never be able to. We've had a few like this already, where the Bain of Chaim Vital interprets the Vaidavid as being a criticism of Meshadabainu himself. But they're beautiful commentary, beautiful. It's such original and beautiful pshatim in the pesukim. Why did Moshe do it? If you look in Chumash Rashi, the impression you get was that Moshe was at a loss. It's hard to imagine, was, but true. He was married to Medina. Fine, but I, I, it, it's more than that. It was the chutzpah of it. The chutzpah of it. The chutzpah of it. It was just so audacious. He was no Gavadava. That's what he's saying, but I, I don't think it's enough. I, it's true, but I'm sure there's more to it. it. It wasn't, you know, people fall by degrees, you know. A community, the Khmeranistan, it goes through a spiritual collapse, it happens slowly. This wasn't a spiritual collapse. This was a cataclysm. It was like all of a sudden, the camp of Jews turned into, into, it turned into Rome. Like this. And Pinchas had the clarity to realize something has to be done. What? They went ahead and he did it. It's taka amazing. This was not something like the ego it was some. You know, all. This was apparently Shevet Shimon. I mean, it's hard to know from the different. There's so many different ways of understanding who did what and so forth and so on. Um, now we have an Alshech. Alshech is gorgeous. 
The problem with the Alshech is that it's already 10 after 11. Alshech is really, really gorgeous. Mamish Gavaldik. It's on page 12 and 13 and 14, and it's very, very long. And a usually long Alshech. He links this Parsha to the last Parsha. If I had 20 more minutes, I would, I would delve into the Alshech. I really, really want to go on to the Hasidus, which is it's very important for us to learn the Hasidus. Because, um, but he links it to the last Parsha. What does he say the end of the Parsha? Vayar Pinchas. Pinchas saw. Vayar Kometei They got up from the community. Vayar Kometei took a spear. And he went into the tent and he did what he had to do. He's medayik that the Reimach, Reish Memches, first of all, it's 248, that's the Gemate of Avraham. And it happens to be Reish Memches, the 248 mitzvahs of the Torah. Or slightly differently, the 248 limbs of a person's body. And the Alshach develops an idea. The idea is that when people act in a pure and a holy way, they metamorphose, they become new people. They become changed fundamentally. If you look on page 12, let's read a little bit of this. Um, when a person does a mitzvah, there's a number of advantages that take place. First of all, first of all, there's a great merit in doing a mitzvah. In addition, you have the place, um, page 12. You see where I made my arrow? Yes. His spirit and his body, they acquire a new quality of holiness. They become a new creation. From the great potency of holiness, which flows into them, that they've done. He goes into a whole thing about brachas, that when we say, we do a mitzvah, we say, Shehu, I just scooted down two lines. We do Hashem's mitzvah. We become holy, we become pure. Okay, well, Canaan therefore, my father in heaven, not to listen because he only wanted to give merit to the Jewish people. But Taita the Shemlonu God Almighty gave us misper mitzvah say He gave us the number of mitzvah say Kim misper amachei v'areinu, like the 240 limbs of our body. Leman. Be for the sake of that behem through them we can make great and holy the body you understand so one mitzvah elevates one limb another mitzvah elevates another limb this act didn't halify didn't bring purity and holiness to Pinchas in one aspect of him the whole Ramach the whole 248 limbs of Pinchas were transformed through the single act of jealousy uh, on behalf of David. Where's the Ramach come from? Where's the end of last week's parsha. Uh, it says he picked up a spear. The uh, Hebrew word for spear is Ramach. Uh, and he goes back. You see, Vayar Pinchas Ben. Vayikach Ramach Biyode. Zion. And then he goes back and he analyzes the end of last week's parsha. You understand? That normally, if you don't mind going to page 13. Yes? Page 13. Um, you see, I underlined the word ha'eved and kolevarev. It's 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 about ten lines in the bottom of the right column. Mm-hmm. So it says the line before kiderach ha'isem mitzvah. Normally, when a person does a mitzvah, lekadesh ba ha'eved shenases ba, you bring sanctity to one particular limb. Achine pinchas kiddush kolevarev. He sanctified his entire body. I say mitzvah be'eved achad. He did mitzvah with one limb, and he brought holiness to his whole body. Vezehu va'yikach reimach be'yode. He took all two hundred and forty-eight limbs in his hand. 
his one hand, which is only one limb, he took all 248 limbs, and because since he risked his entire life, even though he killed them only with his hand, he brought holiness to his whole person, and that's why he becomes a koyet. Verstehst? And therefore, the staple is going to drive us now mad. To inform us of this thing, who is Baruch Lameisha? Boy, he comes a yeim and he says Lameit to say Pinchas ben Elazar again, but who Lameit to tell it? He neiloi bilvad. Not only for the fact that Nasa kol atzmei bediach adosha did he become a new person. B'shefa kedusha with a holy flow. This is a gavaldik echidish. What the Alchich is about to say. Asher ishpi al atzmei he brought onto himself. Of course. Vayikach reimach b'yaday means he took all 248 limbs and put them in his hand. He was willing to kill himself for this act and therefore he halified his whole self. But I got a secret for you. Pinchas ben Elazar. Ben Aranakoy. You know how he translates it? The impact of Pinchas' act affected that his father and grandfather became holier. What's the pshat? When Pinchas was born, Elazar was not a koyin. And Adam was not a koyin. So it says, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Adam. It shouldn't say a koyin. Because when Pinchas was born, Allah's not even not kaying him. Says the Al Sheikh, he took his whole life into his hand and he halified not only himself, but that retroactively Allah and Aaron became kaying him earlier that they had been kaying him, so that Pinchas is now a kaying. You hear? It's like he's turning back the clock. He says, He added light and merit to his father and his grandfather, who anyway, what is it say? It's Pinchas Vegem, right? Pinchas was neither the son of the grandson of a Kayan. In truth, he should be called the son of Elazar, the son of Aaron. It shouldn't say Hakayan. Why? You see what I'm reading? Fourth line of the second column. When he was born, Says the Al Sheikh Amr who is Barak the Abishta says, through the act that Pinchas did Shiroy Layman who you should say the following who Ben Allah Banana Koyin Kiilu Miteram Yula Pinchas Hoya Lazavaran Kainim. Pinchas doesn't act and he makes his grandparents holy. So holy that Aaron becomes a Koyin from the time he was conceived and born. His impact of Pinchas' act was not only that he brought holiness to his whole body, he brought holiness retroactively to his father and grandfather, and he becomes a Koyen ben Koyen ben Benishal Koyen. Very, very interesting commentary. Huh? Mr. Zay. See, he becomes a new person, and he brings holiness to his father and his grandfather. I just want to show you one more kvetch. Oid. Yitachin b'shir. The next paragraph. You see it? The next paragraph. Rashi says, what is the translation of the word b'kanoi? That he was jealous. Right? What is the translation of the word b'nokmoi? When he was vengeant. What word should be used here? It shouldn't say b'kanoi as kenosi when he was jealous to jealousy. It should say b'nokmoi as nikmasi when he when he avenged the vengeance. Why does it say Bakanias Kinasi? See, he has one more beautiful thing that I'm going to share with you, and the rest you'll do on your own. Kala Yiksha, 
As Rashi said, why does Rashi translate the word But the Alshul disagrees. Hashem did not wait. to fix him reward. he did it. from the moment when he saw the bad act. Sheshos libel esak, and he decided to fix it. From that point point forward, Eibushter made him special. Pinchas ben Alaz ben Adna Koyin became jealous. The moment of his jealousy becomes a Koyin. The result of the jealousy was vengeance, but Hashem did not reward him for his act. Hashem rewarded him for the jealousy alone. So Rashi says, "Bekanes kinasi means benak meas nikmas." He says, "I'll should know." The very fact that Pinchas got that zealous and he resolved to give his life to, the, to, to honor the, the desecration, the Abish's name, for the jealousy alone, for the, for the resolve, for the preparedness. He became a Kayan, his father became a Kayan earlier than he had been a Kayan, and his grandfather became a Kayan earlier than he had been a Kayan. So not only is he a Kayan, he's a Kayan, the son of a Kayan, the grandson of a Kayan. What, what do you mean you said jealous? What do you mean jealous of? Jealous of? There's a Hebrew word. No, the Hebrew word for vengeance is nekoma. The Hebrew word for jealousy is kino. Okay, jealousy. The real word is zealousness. But the word zealousness is not the correct translation. I'm really not using that word, even though that's the word that's used. Because I'll tell you why. I I once saw a film (laughs) where the Rebbe showed this, this 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 mathematician. A piece of paper from his brother. They have it in the in the in the, in, in, in the um, in the gem videos. So when he comes back to the rabbi, he says to the rabbi, "I looked at the papers that you gave me. He says it's unfinished, and it, it's lacking notes, and but it's worth publishing." So the rabbi says to him, "When I gave it to you, I didn't want to tell you who it was from. I didn't want to affect your objectivity, but it's my brother's." So he says to the rabbi, "But he clearly didn't work with books. He had no access to a library." So the rabbi uses this word. He was very jealous of his independence. Now, the Rebbe's English, you could say, is not necessarily accurate, but the Rebbe's English is meaningful. Very je- the word jealous means protective. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm using this word. Pinuchot became protective on behalf of God. Jealous. You diss God, I'm going to teach you. But it's not, I'm going to get back at you. I'm going to correct it. And no one else felt like that. No one else felt like that to the extent that they're willing to sacrifice their lives. Pinchas did not go to survive. You have to understand that. There was no way in the world he thought about surviving. 22,000 men are waiting with swords to kill him. You're saying Hashem rewarded him for the feeling. Hashem rewarded him for the feeling and the resolution alone. The decision to act was enough. Uh And the proof is, because it doesn't say, which would mean when he acted out the vengeance in fact, but by the jealousy alone. Which means to say that the content of the Maimed is not very strongly linked to the beginning and the end. That's why again this week, like I did last week, I printed on page 19 the Chavtes. The Reb Marash Because this Maimed from the Reb Marash, I suspect, is the source of the Maimed and I in Gimel and the Maimed and I in Hay that I published here, that I printed here. Okay? So what are you looking at? Okay, I think we're going to do page 18. 
And the reason when you do page 18 is simply because it's the shortest version. You have essentially three versions of the same issue. And we'll do page 18, and then in Mitzvah Hashem, you'll, you'll uh, of course, between now and next Tuesday, learn the Ayin Gimel, and the Ayin Hay, and then of course the whole Maimah from the Rebbe Marash, and the entire Sikha from the Rebbe, which is printed, <coughs> you'll do it all until next week, and then we'll give you a test. The Maimonim asked the same question, all the Mufashim ask, but they give original answers. Okay? On the right side of the page, notice Aleph Samach Aleph Aleph Samaches. I cut and pasted. This is just the beginning and the end of the Maimon, right? V'dabed Hashem Umeisha. Pinchas ben Elazar v'game hey shevetz chambas pabnei sal v'game lachein. Everyone in the lesson speaks Shalom. It's Tzarech Lachov. And the question is, v'alei Meisha Rabbeinu, all of us Shalom. Meisha Rabbeinu himself. Kama piyam many times. You have the place. Hey shevchei mamei abnei Yisrael took away anger from the Jewish people. Vale mitzinu etzli. We don't find by him. First of all, Akadas Teva. Hashem should celebrate him. And second of all, in a sin of schalas, that's a reward. Amaduak Hashem pinchas hey shevchei mamei Yisrael. And why when pinchas brings back the anger of the Jewish people? Oimet he neisn lebechuli. And so he has a bunch of questions. But that's the basic question. So go to the end of the Maimon now. Vapiz ayuvah mashakas pinchas ben alazav egamer hey shevetz chamasi egamer. So he brings two points. One point that Pinchas is Eliyahu Hanavi, right? And of course, there's different opinions whether this means that he was a Gilgal of Eliyahu Hanavi or he actually lived this long. He brings Svarim that say that he actually lived this long and so forth and so on. If Pinchas is Eliyahu Hanavi, then Kabbalistically, Pinchas is the Madreig of Ban. Eliyahu Hanavi was also the Madreig of Ban. You'll see the relevance of this soon. And the second point is that Pinchas is the reincarnation of another Venaviyu. If you look seven lines into the paragraph, it says, V'zeo she Pinchas tikin chet another Venaviyu k'machikos v'zeyer. V'hainu this means, Ki another Venaviyu hoya avedasim v'bechinas ratzu, another Venaviyu serves Hashem simply by running to the Yevishter. L'akshahayi b'chinas ratzu levad, v'lehatzu ba'ashuv, they ran to Hashem, they didn't want to live in this world, and that's why they died. Right? Go down one line. O Pinchas tikin zeh. Pinchas corrected a disrata without shuvah idei mesidus nefesh. Who's the mesidus nefesh? Zul in the first paragraph. Sorry? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm reading over here. Okay? I started off by saying, La pizza yuva mashkosa pinchas, right? Dehini yomre razal. First point is pinchas elayo. Pinchas is elayo. Underline those words. What's the significance of Pinchas being Eliyo? So again, first of all, you have to go into the different opinions. Does that mean that Pinchas actually lived 500 years till the time of Eliyahu, one of a yes or no? You understand? There's different opinions, or it's only a Gilgul, or whatever the case may be. Second of all, by the virtue of linking Pinchas to Eliyo, we're making Pinchas into the Madrega of Ban. So he says that Pinchas is Ban. You'll see Eliyahu, one of is Ban. This is a classic fact in Kabbalah. So since Pinchas is Eliyahu, Pinchas is also Ban. You'll see soon the significance of this. The second thing he says is a few lines after that. V'zehu she'pinchas tiken chet nadav aviyu. You see what I'm reading? A couple of lines after. That Pinchas corrected the sin of nadav and aviyu. V'hainu, what this means. Ki nadav aviyu... Their service to Hashem was b'chinas ratzu. They ran to Hashem. Raksha ha'yu b'chinas ratzu levad. They ran to Hashem. V'lei ratzu ba'ashu didn't want anything to do with the world. Ukmay chikas, as the pasuk says about not even aviu, because of us, the lifni avayev a game a day approached God about nothing to do with the world. 
They gave away their souls to God. The body remained whole. Because it had nothing to do with the body. Or Pinchas. Pinchas corrects Nadav and Avio's refusal to be in this physical world. So before we proceed, before we proceed, we have two issues. The first is that we're linking Pinchas to Eliyahu, which has to do with Ban. And you'll see momentarily that the opposite of Ban is what? What's the opposite of Ban? Oh. Ma. Who's Ma? Moshe. So, by linking Pinchas to Eliyahu, we're going we're gonna to compare and contrast Pinchas's Pekani Esnik Pinasi, Pinchas's Hey Shiv Chaimah, bring it to anger to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's one issue in this page. The other is that Pinchas is the opposition of Ratzi, of of Nadav and Aviyu. What did Nadav and Aviyu do? They don't want to live in this world. What was Pinchas doing? Sacrificing his life. That sounds the same to me. There's a fundamental distinction. Nadav and Aviyu were killed with a fire. They destroyed only their souls. The body remained whole. Remember that? Rashi says two fires went into their nostrils. Their body survived. Why? Because they didn't serve Hashem with their body. They served Hashem only with the soul. So only the soul went up. The body stayed here. Continue. Right? Pinchas sacrificed not only his soul but his body. Which is a level of martyrdom called Kiddush Hashem, the sanctifying of God Almighty's name, which is the greatest mitzvah. Pinchas returned, he resolved the anger of the Abishtad through his self sacrifice. Okay? Because he sacrificed not only his soul, he sacrificed his body. To say it in different words, another view wanted to die. Pinchas wanted to live, and he gave away his life to become his nikmas. Okay, so before we get back to Moshe, this Maimon is teaching us two things about the uniqueness of Pinchas. First of all, it's possible for a person to die al Kiddush Hashem, and it should be the optimum act of Shuv, not Ratzi. If you want to live and you give away your life nevertheless, because this is what needs to be done, that sacrificing of life is the epitome of bringing Hashem into this world. That's what Pinchas represents. As opposed to another view. And it reminds me of an idea that the Rebbe once mentioned in Fabrengen. The Rebbe's father was Meis Nefesh HaKiddush Hashem. I don't have to tell you. I mean, he, he, he passed away after his exile, but he was Meis Nefesh for Yiddishkeit. No question about it. The Rebbe became Rebbe, the second year after the Rebbe became Rebbe, Chof Ov was Shabbos. His father's Yatzat was Shabbos. You hear? In those days, the Rebbe was very particular about not speaking English Shabbos. Later on, the Rebbe became very comfortable speaking English Shabbos. But the Rebbe said a whole Hadin of Sech, the Rosh Hashanah, that year, Toshin Yenbeis, the whole Hadin of Sech, this from start to finish. But he spoke about the Beis Yosef. And he brought out that the Beis Yosef was supposed to dial Kiddush Hashem. He was supposed to be given a matona to dial Kiddush Hashem. That's what his Maggid came and told him. Then he did something that according to the Madrega of Beis Yosef was not appropriate. You know this, right? Mm-hmm. The Rebbe said it many times. And he was punished that he's not going to pass through Kiddush Hashem. No, the Beis Yosef, the Mechabah, the Shachon So he never didn't do Kiddush Hashem. So what did he do instead? He lived to like 97 years old. Wrote the Kesef Mishnah, the complete commentary on Rambam. The Beis Yosef, the complete commentary on Tosh Shachon And then he wrote his own Shachon this was the punishment for not getting Kiddush Hashem. So the Rebbe says, that means the Mesiris Nevesh, Kiddush Hashem is greater than writing the Kesef Mishnah, the Beis Yosef, and the Shachon But wait, it's not a fair comparison. Why? 
So this nefesh is personal. The Sfarad, the base Yosef wrote, Kol Beis Yisrael, Mishan Allah, the whole Jewish world leans on those books. Says the Rebbe, you have to say, therefore, that the base Yosef, Mr. Nefesh, Akiva Hashem, had it occurred, would have benefited Klal Yisrael more than the Kesef Mishnah and the base Yosef and the Shulchan Aruch. When an individual Jew is Mesa Nefesh, Akiva Hashem, the benefit for Yidin in this world exceeds the writing of the three most important songs that we Jewish people have today. Why? Or when? If it's Mesiris Aguf, you don't want to die, you want to live, you're giving your body away, the Kaddish of Shemayi Barab. Another one, we have Mesiris Aneshama. So they're both doing acts of Mesiris Nefesh. One has zero to do with this world, and one has such a profound impact on the world that it's greater than writing such importance for him. And of course, the greatest goodness of this whole story is that uh, he didn't even die. <laughs> he lived. <laughs> but the Indian was there. The Nekama, the, the act of jealousy on Pinchas's part created this unbelievably positive energy in the world. So this is the, the second point that ever raises, but the first point we're explaining. What does Hasidus have to say about Pinchas' unique role? This was Mesir Saguv, wasn't Mesir Saneshama. He's the opposite of Nadanavayu. He wanted to live. But this needed to be done and he did it and that was what he was unique about. Now that we finish with that, we go to the second issue, which they never raised first. What about Moshe Rabbeinu's Mesiris Nefesh? Right? The other Bafashim, the Adas Tevara, spoke about the comparison between Pinchas's Mesiris Nefesh and Arad's Mesiris Nefesh. The Maimed talks about Pinchas versus Moshe Rabbeinu, and he says the following. He brought back Hashem's wrath. No question. Moshe Rabbeinu brought back the anger against the Jewish people many times. Okay? Now, remember, what did the Eitzadas Taif say about Moshe? He didn't say such nice things about Moshe. What did he say? First of all, he says, Hashem was angry at Moshe. Why didn't you do it? Second of all, he says, you didn't run such great risks. The Maimah doesn't say that. The Maimah puts Moshe Rabbeinu on a pedestal. And of course Moshe Rabbeinu saved the Jewish people. But it wasn't a big deal for Moshe Rabbeinu. Why not? Because Moshe is Ma and Pinchas is Ban. What's the difference? Moshe is holiness. Pinchas is worldliness. Moshe is holiness as it's brought into the world. Pinchas is worldliness as it's halified, as it's made holy. Dehine. Moshe's approach to this world was first God, then world. The whole life of Moshe Rabbeinu, the top down. Consequently, it's not such a big deal. You bring down Hashem's light into the world, you take back anger. Pinchas was a part of the world. He was a, he was his, his he was Gashmi eccentric rather than Ruchni eccentric. And nevertheless, this is what's so amazing. Even though he served Hashem from a perspective that the world was very real to him, from the bottom up, he lifted himself to such a level that Heshev Hamas he brought back the anger of the Abishtar. 
parenthesis, which is why it says in Tilim that Pinchas, Pinchas got up. How did he repair the Sakona against the Jewish people via Falal? He prayed, not through Teda, but through Tvila. He did it through Davening. The difference between learning and Davening. Learning is Moshe Rabbeinu from the top down. Davening is Pinchas from the bottom up. Through his Mesidus that's, that's, this is enough of the mime for us to get the gist, the message. Pinchas is the opposite of Nadav and Aviyu, and Pinchas is the opposite of Meshad Abeinu. Okay, and I want you to know what it says in Hasidus. Yeah, Meshad Abeinu was a much higher level than Pinchas, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, Dafke al Navi, who was either the reincarnation of Pinchas, or actually the same man as Pinchas, Allah, Begufe, Besara, Hashemayim, his physical body went into heaven. Why? Because Meshad Abeinu's priority was his soul. Such a pure soul that halified his body. But the body's holiness came from the soul. Pinchas was a goof person. His avaidu was gashmias. And he elevated his goof so much that his goof person went straight into Ganadin alive, physically. And for such a person, for a goof person, to have reached a level of Mesiras Nefesh, to, in other words, what he calls in the Maimir, prayer as opposed to studying Torah, to be jealous on the Abishta's behalf and bring back the Abishta's anger. This this is this is this is very very great, very very praiseworthy, and so forth and so on. Okay, and as the Chazal say, there's so much more here. There's two Maimorim, and then there's the Marash Maimes, and then there's the Sicha. And at the end of the Sicha, on page twenty-seven and twenty-eight, the has several lessons that we could learn from this. Right, one of the lessons that Rebbe says, you see somebody doing something good. Don't criticize their motives. They were saying Pinchas is, is a cruel person. Don't criticize their motives. Another lesson that Abba says is that sometimes someone does something that looks like an act of cruelty and it's the greatest act of kindness. And somebody, sometimes a person does an act of kindness and it's the greatest act of cruelty. Zimri was being kind, he was being cruel. Pinchas being cruel and he was being kind. And on page 28, the Abba says the lesson for our times is that there's a fire burning and we've got to do what we can to save the spiritual plague and bring it back to the Abishta. Okay.